are here for a reason. This, is, this, this news just in. Ready? Go, go, we go. are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio.
I want to open us in prayer. And before I bring on a very special guest who I know you're going to enjoy, I say the Lord's Prayer every day. And if you've been listening to the broadcast for a little while, I say it from a personal standpoint rather than from the collective. Because when I'm doing my prayer walk or whatever I'm doing, uh, saying our Father just doesn't make sense. So I make it very personal. Uh, the words are essentially the same. Uh, if you want to uh, follow along with this prayer, either verbally or just uh, agree with it. My Father, who is in heaven, blessed is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive me my trespass. And I will forgive those who trespass against me and lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I pray this in the mighty name of the risen King, the one who died on the cross for me, Yahuwah. Well, welcome everyone. Happy Sunday to you. Assuming you're in a part of the world where it is still Sunday, I think it is just about everywhere. I noticed that Singapore is in the house. I know there's some Australia in the house. And of course, we have many from North America. Welcome everybody. My name is Jeff. Uh, we are going to be continuing on in the book of Acts. And, you know, we had a, a few week break here and What's, uh, you know, God, God just is so good because, you know, Acts 11 really is kind of a recap chapter. And I want to recap just a couple things, a, a major theme before I bring on uh, our very special guest who I'm going to give you a little hint. It is a woman. And I will say that she has done her hair, I think especially just for you. But here's the recap I wanted to do. And what is the book of Acts all about? And I really bring it down. And these aren't my words. These are from, you know, people who are much more uh, studied than I have been. But I have gone through and studied this book uh, more than once in the past. And really, the book of Acts has many themes, of course, but I really think it comes down to two. And, uh, you know, as I said, with many themes, there's the gifts. And by the way, thank you, Eric, for what a brilliant uh, sermon on the gifts last night. I was really, really impressed. I can't believe it was almost an hour. It seemed like 20 minutes to me. Uh, really, really well done. And uh, Singapore uh, last night was over the top good. And uh, actually, I'm going to talk, I just remembered, I'm going to talk about a revelation that I had uh, once I bring on my guest and before we get into the chapter. But there's two verses, I think, that really encapsulate the book of Acts. And uh, the first one is in Acts 1, verse 8. And if you remember when we did this first chapter, I really pointed this out as being significant. And it says this. But you will receive power. So that wasn't a maybe, okay? I'm just going to start again. But you 
will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, pay attention, and all Judea, okay, and Samaria, and as far as the remotest part of the earth. So Acts 1 verse 8, that's what I just read. Now, here is the second verse that I think really encapsulates the book of Acts. And it's the inverse of the number, and it's Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. So we have the gifts of power coming on the church, and then we have the persecution of the church. And I'm just going to venture to say, if you are not experiencing persecution, you need to get active, <laughs> because that's where the church is at. And without any further ado, welcome to the show this beautiful Sunday morning, Cisco Wheeler. Hello, Good morning, hello, Cisco. hello, hello, hello. What a beautiful morning. Been storming all night, but it's still beautiful. <laughs> it is always beautiful, and it is such a pleasure to go through the book of Acts. Uh, what did you think of just my quick uh, summation with those two verses that I read, Cisco? Oh, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, you get me really excited. So, <laughs> uh, oh my goodness gracious, Jeff. Let's see, the Holy Spirit. Oh, what a beautiful gift God has given us. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. But it offers so much to us as a body of Christ. You know, there's some things that the church really isn't grounded in. Is it? I, I think I'll rephrase this, Jeff. When I look at the book of Acts, chapter 10 and 11, I see a foundation that's being laid. And that is that the church is to be established. And to be strengthened in true doctrine. And because the church that is established, it'll strengthen the body. And I saw such harmony between the disciples and the apostles. They were There was such harmony. And that was the very foundation that they planted their feet on was the word of God and stability in being solid in what they knew. They knew the scriptures. They knew, they understood what God was telling them. They understood salvation. And they understood that they were bought with a price. They also understood there had to be repentance. They understood why God had placed them in Jerusalem and why they were to go out from Jerusalem to preach the gospel because they really were the first church. 
This is the birth of the church. Absolutely. Uh, Peter was the first missionary. Yeah. And on this little stone, which which mm -hmm. which is what Peter's name really means. Mm -hmm. People say rock, but I, I really think the interpretation is little stone. Mm -hmm. And uh, but so in those two verses from Acts uh, eight verse one and uh, or Acts one verse eight and then Acts eight verse one, there's two promises, and I see the second one as a promise as well. It says you will have the power, and mm -hmm. one of the things that you just mentioned very astutely, Cisco, is that they knew the scriptures. They knew them supernaturally mm -hmm. divinely given sure they had studied for years and they had walked with jesus and but they really had a supernatural understanding of the scriptures and you know there's there's lots of ways that the holy spirit can give us power yes. but that is one of them and then the second promise was you're going to experience persecution. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and I don't laugh because it's fun to go through persecution. In fact, it's the opposite. It, it's terrible going through persecution. But have joy in it because you know that God is working. Absolutely. If the world is coming against you, Christian, God is working. Yes, he is. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, it, the Holy Spirit is our friend. And, you know, growing up in the church, I don't believe that we were taught what the holy spirit was yes we knew it was a part of the trinity but did we understand the working of the holy spirit i believe that as we have a greater understanding as to the working of the holy spirit in each of our lives we can have a stronger relationship with with the father the son and the holy spirit because the trinity is very important and just thoughts off of my mind, Jeff, I've studied the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit and the promises that the Holy Spirit has given us through the word of God. And just to mention a few of them is uh, the Holy Spirit, he will be with us forever. He's not going anywhere. He lives within us. And each of us, as we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, he lives within us. He's, it's eternal. It's that part of the Trinity that makes us who we are in Christ Jesus. He reminds us of the word of God. I love that because so many times, even with you, Jeff, I got what question is he going to ask me? Because you know what? Sometimes my mind's not as quick as it used to be. But the Holy Spirit, because I've studied his word, he'll bring that back to me. He'll bring a scripture to me. Just, okay, I remember, okay. Uh, he convicts us of sin. I love that. Because without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. 
You know, a lot of people have a mindset that says, well, I can live the way I want to live, do what I want. And just before I die, uh, I'll accept God. You know what? It doesn't work that way. Sometimes in God's mercy, he'll bring grace, but it doesn't always happen that way. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us of sins. And in Acts, we see the conviction of sin as they went into, you know, throughout the world or throughout that part of the country to preach the gospel. There was such a great conviction. Without the conviction, there could not have been a revival. There could not have been a renewal of body, soul, and spirit within those that accepted Christ. Because you have to remember that the Jews, they were traditional. I mean, they were Jewish, clear to the bone. That's going to come out in this chapter. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. And to, to bring the gospel to the Gentile, it was very grievous to their heart. They did not understand it until God allowed the Holy Spirit to do the work of the Father in their heart. There had to be a preparation. Mm -hmm. And I believe that preparation came through the Holy Spirit. Because remember, they had the experience in the upper room. And uh, the regeneration, a power of the Spirit came on the disciples just before his ascension, before Christ descended into the heavens and the spirit was poured out on all the believers at Pentecost. And I, I'm sure you have studied Acts too, you know, but this is really important because there had to be a preparation. The Holy Spirit had to do the work of the father. In other words, the word had to come alive in their hearts. Also the Holy Spirit brings judgment. We and you know, we need judgment in our life. The Holy Spirit also guides us into truth, which is the word of God. And he gives us insight into the past and the future. So we we do have the Holy Spirit is very powerful. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, brings glory, glory to Christ. Because we shouldn't bring glory into ourselves. But he That's points right. us in the right direction. That Christ is the answer. And I believe that's the primary job <laughs> of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit also helps us to understand the word of God. How many times... Jeff, in our lifetime, have I read a passage and I see it one way and go back another time and see it another way and God opens up another avenue, another study for me to go in another direction. Or I see it differently because the Holy Spirit knows how to divide the word. It's line upon line and precept upon precept. It's layered. The Bible has many, many layers to it. I would answer that question as saying just about every time I read a yeah. scripture, I see greater depth. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit also works in our life. And it's a very deep working. How deep does it go? I and think it's endless. We'll ahead. never understand the depths of God. No, it goes so deep. The working of the whole is so deep. Look at Calvary. That's right. How deep hey, does it go? Just before I uh, we get into the chapter, there was one question that I think was really on point. 
uh, and I put it up on uh, the screen for a moment, and I apologize if uh, if you didn't want to be seen that way. Uh, but the question was, I, that, uh, and a lot of people have this question, they don't understand exactly what the Trinity is. And the Bible gives us many clues, but I don't think we can fully understand because it's completely out of our, you know, ability to think about it and then to mm -hmm. even describe it uh, is extremely difficult because the languages on this planet do not have words that can describe these things in the spirit. I have a very simplistic way of looking at the relationship in the Trinity, but I would get, I'd, I'd ask you uh, how you would describe it, Cisco, first, if you don't mind. Well, I see that when God created the world, and he created the souls of man out of his heart of love. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. And God created all things. He created Adam and Eve. I believe that was his job. He finished his job. And when he sent Christ, Christ came through the virgin birth. He died, he rose, he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf as our prayers go through over the mercy seat. That was Christ's job. He sat down, he finished his job. And I believe the Holy Spirit, his job, God said, I won't leave you without a comforter. I will send the comforter to cover you, to protect you, to lead you, to guide you, to instruct you, to bring conviction to your heart so you can accept Christ. Uh, so the Holy Spirit has his job. And just going over the working of the Holy Spirit, you can see the working of the Holy Spirit just in the, in the things that he does in our life every day. Leads, guides, teaches, uplifts us. Uh, lets the word of God come alive in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is continually working, and I don't believe the Holy Spirit is uh, finished with his work. He's not finished until Jesus comes back to rapture the church. That's and right. Then, so to, I, I say it this way to simplify it. Now, but the word of God said they are in perfect human, in perfect harmony with each other. They are one in the spirit. They are They're one, nice, but with three distinct personalities. And so, you know what? It, it's amazing because, you know, just like we said a few minutes ago, whenever you read a scripture, you get more and more revelation. And also faith comes by hearing. And you presented it in a very unique way um, because it's been very sequential. First, there was the father and mm -hmm. then he sent the son. And then the Holy Spirit came, and and it was in that order, and and I and there is an order, because Jesus only obeys the Father, and the Holy Spirit serves both mm -hmm. Jesus and the Father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yet it is still God. It is one. Uh, the Holy Spirit is fully God. You know, not to be discounted in any way. But the way I've always 
described it or the way I perceive it. And, you know, uh, maybe you have a better way. But God is the author. God is the one who came up with the plan. God is, and I don't, and, and please do not equate this with, uh, with you know, a mason or anything like that. But God is the architect of the universe. He yeah, planned he it all out and everything. And then it was the word of God when G and Jesus is the word of God. The first, you know, the son or uh, of the Father. The word was the one that manifested here and. The Holy Spirit is the helper. The Holy Spirit's like the laborer. Mm -hmm. It is all God. Mm -hmm. It is the Father. Yeah. However, because of Jesus, the greatest thing is the Father will never see your sin. When you stand before the Father, he will have not seen your sin because Jesus took it for you. That's right. Going back to the Trinity, because uh, the word uh, in John, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was and the word is God. So the word of God that we reverence, that we love, that we read out of, that we study, that we stand behind it because the Holy Spirit has brought truth to our hearts and to our spirits. And we know it divinely through the spirit of the Holy Spirit, that the word of God is alive and well. Okay, now let's talk about the cross for a second. Uh, Jesus, I believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. So God dwelt among us. Through Christ, God dwelt among us. Because the Trinity, this this little scripture right here, that God dwelt among us. That Jesus was God in the flesh tells us that they were unseparable. They were in total agreement with each other. In perfect accord. And that is so powerful. Because now if we go back to Acts again, we, we need to talk about the unity of the body. To lift the body up in unity, in strength. To understand the word of God. So they were in one accord. Just as the God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In perfect harmony. The church needs to be in perfect harmony. And there's some really. There's a couple verses in here. That are really key. Uh, to that concept. So Cisco. Let me read the uh, this chapter. And then we'll start dissecting okay, it. Because there's a couple really great concepts and uh you know chapters 10 and 11 i i would venture to say for most of the audience is some of the best news we could have ever got because uh, mm -hmm. you know it went out to the gentiles you know us uh us unclean people <laughs> according to the jews of the time so let me just read the chapter uh for you and cisco has asked me to read the whole thing because she has been going through a little bit of allergy in that so please play pray for cisco uh in that so her throat will not be scratchy as we go through. So the word of God, starting Acts chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brothers and sisters who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, the Jewish believers took issue with him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men? 
and ate with them? But Peter began and explained at length to them in an orderly sequence, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object coming down like a great sheet lowered by four corners from the sky, and it came to where I was. And I start, stared at it, and I was thinking about it, and I saw four-footed animals of the earth, the wild animals, the crawling creatures, and the birds of the sky. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing unholy or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice from heaven answered a second time, What God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. This happened three times. <laughs> we call him three times Peter. <laughs> and everything was drawn back up into the sky. And behold, at that moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea came up to the house where we were staying. And the Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. And he reported to us how he had seen an angel <coughs> excuse me, standing in his house and saying, Send some men to Joppa and have Simon, who is called Peter, brought here and he will speak words to you by which you will be saved, you and all of your household. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the very beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, and how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave them the same gift as he gave to us after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's mm -hmm. way? And when they heard this, they quieted down mm -hmm. and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has also granted to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The church in Antioch. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phineica, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks as well preaching the good news of the Lord, Jesus. And at the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned out, turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart, to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were added to the Lord. 
And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he had brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught. Considerable numbers of people and disciples were the first called Christians of Antioch. Now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and indicated by the Spirit that there would definitely be a severe famine all over the world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius. And to the extent that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brothers and sisters living in Judea. And they did this, sending it with Barnabas and Saul to the elders. So this chapter, again, it, it's a bit of a review of uh, chapter 10, but it's significant because when we look, Jesus himself said, go to Judea, go to Samaria, go to the Gentiles, go to the ends of the earth. And now we're seeing, you have to remember, the Jews of that time, uh, and even the apostles, they didn't have the book of Romans. They didn't have the book of the Corinthians. They didn't have all of these things. They were taught, and, you know, in the Jewish religious order, the Gentiles were unclean. And, you know, it's my understanding in history that they would literally walk down the street and if they're passing gentiles they would keep their clothes close to them so they're they would pull in their robes so not even their clothes would touch a gentile and if they did they were considered unclean and this is a this is a key point and fact check me on it i'm pretty sure of this in my understanding of history they would have to do a ritual type of washing, not only of their clothes, but of themselves, because there was God's chosen people and then the filthy, unclean people. And what we see here is God says, no, 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 it's not clean and unclean. It's saved and unsaved. What say you, Cisco? The traditions, the gospel, you know, I think of Cornelius. I love Cornelius in this because Cornelius, he wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. And even though Cornelius, according to, if I remember my old history when in my classes so many years ago, Cornelius would go into the temple. They would have a place in the temple where the Gentiles could go and the Jews could were there, but the Gentiles had to sit in a corner, in other words. But Cornelius would go to the temple and he would hear 
the word of God being taught and preached. And he loved God. He fell in love with God. He had such a hunger. He loved the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He absolutely loved them. He knew that he was an outcast. He mm -hmm. had that understanding, but he stepped beyond, I would call it, the, you know, well, there was the traditions. What can you say? The traditions of man. He looked beyond the traditions of man. Yeah, because he and, was a Roman soldier, but yeah. he was hearing the word of God and it was impacting him. Absolutely it was. And I think I, I lost my trend. He looked beyond the tradition of man and he looked for a savior. He looked yeah. for a God. And I just love that about Cornelius. I love that because he, I can't imagine the, the neglect that the Gentiles must have felt. There was, I mean, even though it was the law and it, I believe there was a lot of religious tradition in there that was not, I don't not believe of God. it was not of God. That was the tradition <clears throat> of man. But Listen, they, still had the, they still had to suffer the consequences of religion, of tradition of man. And, and I would venture to say that, uh, you know, the deep Judaism is still filled with it. Absolutely it is. And by the way, some of what we call the uh, Christian churches have a lot of tradition that is not found in the Bible as well. So that's definitely a fair statement to say. So but let, let's, let's go into the, the part here. So again, it's a rehash. Uh, Peter is sharing his vision. And what I like about this is, you know, because all of the, they, they're going, what, what, you know, the, this went to the unclean and God said, what I clean is clean. Mm -hmm. And so they're having a hard time with this, but. Okay. Jeff, they're having a hard time with it because they're taking the dream that God gave him and they're looking at it as animal. Like this was not nothing to do with animals. This had to do with the heart of man. That God was going to reject no one. Repentance was for the all, for the Gentile and the Greek. And what He blessed, God blessed it. It was it was a finished work. He blessed it. So I actually think that it is about the animals as well, because I think you know the the Jews would only they wouldn't eat certain things, and and I really think that God's saying if I clean it, it's clean. You know. Um, yeah. And, and then, obviously, it goes on to man. But I think he was breaking, God was breaking more than one paradigm in their hearts. I see it all. That's okay. I differ with you on that. I believe it was strictly that he was talking about does it, that what he blessed through Calvary and through the shedding of, of the blood of Jesus it was a finished work at Calvary. That's the way I see it, because I've studied the Greek in it. And okay. I don't think it has anything to do with the natural food at all. And I could be wrong, and I can stand wrong. And uh, I just think it was more spiritual. Well, I, I yeah, I think, I think what, obviously, that is the more important of the two. 
but God's word is just so deep. I, I really think he was trying to accomplish more than one thing at a time uh, there. And Good so, but listen, it, it, it's not a salvation issue. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you yep. know, um, we just, we, we encourage you, if anything, to dig into the scriptures more and more yourself and pray Absolutely. that the Holy Spirit reveals the word of God even more in your heart. And by the way, that's just a prayer you should always do is always ask the uh, Holy Spirit for revelation. Yes. So and the other thing is, learning, you know, Jeff, I feel like a child <laughs> when it comes to the word of God every day, I'm learning something. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, and we'll, the, the good news is, Look, I, I really think you could study one chapter of the Bible all of your life. Dedicate your life to studying that one chapter, and you would never get the depth of it. Because it's eternal. Yeah. I it just people don't understand the word of God is eternal. And it's alive. And it's alive and it's ever growing. But, uh, you know, the scripture that I like here is the circumcision. So many people over the years have stumbled. They don't understand the circumcision. But the circumcision was that they were raised Jewish, within the Jewish traditions. They knew the laws inside and outside. <laughs> I mean, they followed, what was it, 300 and some laws they followed yearly? I, yeah, I think it's I, more I, than I, that. I'm not sure. I've... I think it was 300 and some. I could be staying corrected on that. But can you imagine being under the law and having all these laws that you have to follow before grace? And, and of course, it's impossible to get them all. Well, of you course. No uh, the man could save himself even through God's law. Yeah, but Peter was saying, uh, the, the disciples were saying, but they've been uncircumcised. They haven't been taught the traditions of man. But then oh, as really we go farther point. down into the scripture, it's so beautiful how they submitted to the will of the Father. I love how they just said, okay, Lord, who are we to question God? We accept it. We accept it. We accept the Gentile into the family of God. I think that is so beautiful. You know, we need to have a heart like that too. That we just say, Lord, who am I to question? If God calls it sin, let's call it sin. If God says abortion is wrong, let's call it murder. That's what it is. They say homosexuality is an abomination to God. Let's call it what it is. That's the decision that the, I mean, just think what these disciples had to do. I mean, they had to literally change their whole thought pattern because they were so steeped in tradition. But you know the the Holy Spirit really helps us out with that with mm -hmm. that. And mm -hmm. you know, one of the first things that fell away from me, although I'm I don't have a perfect record in this uh, by any means, but when I became saved, it just I had a real hard time saying swear words. You know, mm -hmm. um, it just it it just fell away. It was not even a conscious thought, you mm -hmm. know? And so there's, there's a change that happens inside yeah. And, yeah. and each person it's different. 
But, you know, that, that's just one of the signs in, mm -hmm. in my life. And everyone has a sign. In fact, in the chat, write down one of the first things that the Holy Spirit did in your life when you got saved. I'd love to see it. Yeah, that would be beautiful. So, you know, the number three comes up again. And, you know, Peter, uh, you know, Jesus and Peter constantly have this uh, three times thing, you know. And, uh, and although we laugh at, uh, at Peter, uh, I'm telling you, for me, it's God tells me like seven, maybe nine times, you know, before, before it gets through to me. So, um, it, it's just, it's a wonderful well, that's, story. That's really important, Jeff, that God showed it to him three times, because when God shows you something three times, he wants it, he wants you to see it. That's right. He wants just, you to see it. It's just not like he something would, you need to take lightly. And just like when he repeats things in the Bible, mm -hmm. he's saying, pay attention to this. Yes. Yes. He wanted and, the and, to say, when the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit fell, I want you to see what the, whole, the working of the Holy Spirit. I want you to see the work that the body of Christ, you know, is operating in. They're and, supposed to be work, work, working in, walking in, yeah. In verse 16 and 17 are so key to this because, again, he's talking to the, uh, you know, to the other apostles and other believers who were all Jews at the time. And it says, I remembered the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. he used to say, John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if God gave them the same gift as he also gave to us after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And Sorry. I love the words, first of all, that God, the Holy Spirit is a gift to us and you know I, I because it's fresh in my head i'm thinking of you know uh eric on the saturday night sermon was talking about the gifts and the gifts of tongues and the different gifts the gifts of encouragement the gifts of teaching mm -hmm. uh charisma but the holy spirit is the very first gift and mm -hmm. as soon as you mm -hmm. accept the Lord Jesus into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit. And, you know, for some people, they start speaking in tongues right away. Some people have prophetic discernment right away. Not everybody gets that. And I don't have a full understanding of this, but I want to be an encouragement to you who are listening and and I know that uh, that Donna even had said some things. Uh, by the way, hello, Donna. Um, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Yes, yes, he is. Just as Jesus is, and he leaves us in charge of the relationship. The more we press into him, the more he comes to us. And, and I think, 
you know, I was very fortunate and there was a lot of things that the Holy Spirit did in my life right away when I was born again. But at the same time, I was born without religious uh, preparation for this. My parents were not believers. Uh, you know, I never went to church. And so when the revelation of my salvation was made real in my life, man, it was big, big news. And, you know, it's one of those ones you go and you shoot, you shout from the rooftops because I had no preconceived notion. And all of a sudden my eyes were opened and I could see the world in a whole new way. And this is for absolutely everyone. As I do want to impress on you, he will give you power. He will yes. give you gift. And don't think that he hasn't given it to you. Sometimes you have gifts, but you're afraid to use them mm -hmm. because of pride. Mm -hmm. Is that harsh? No, it's the truth. <laughs> you know, you were going back to verse 16, Jeff. I, as many times as I've read it, it never stood out until yesterday when I was praying as I was reading. And it said, then I remembered. That is so powerful. So many times we get caught up in ourselves. But he says, then I remembered, I, the word of the Lord, how that, he said, John. In other words, he went back to the word of God. John, indeed, baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. I remembered. And I think that is so important because... It's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to get mixed up into the traditions of man. But he stayed true to the word of God. Yeah. And I think that is so important for each of us to remember. Stay true to the word. Go back to the word. Go back to the word. If the word declares it <clears throat> as truth, it is truth. If, if he calls sin, sin, it is sin. Stay out of the traditions of man. Stay out of Babylon. Be not partakers of its sin. Because we we must, I mean, I can't stress it enough. We must stay true to the living word of God. His God is the integrity of his own word. He will uphold his word for eternity. He will uphold his word because is, he is his word. He is. He is I, the living word. And so... I've been putting yes, on the screen what people said that the, the Holy Spirit did for them, but I have to highlight this one in particular. Okay, let's see. <laughs> so you have, to know, you have to know the person. <laughs> Sarah Jane, this post made me laugh, and I'm not discounting what your testimony is. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I, I just, I love it because... Um, uh, a little bit of inside knowledge with our mods and admins and things like that. I, I always say Sarah Jane is here for a reason. 
because she's a bit of Sarah's a bit of a wild card. You know, she she can be so blunt uh, that I absolutely love love it. And that's why she is here for a reason. And just the fact I started making people laugh, smile, and happy just made me laugh, smile, and happy. So <laughs> totally fulfilled, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that really did bring joy to me. <laughs> So uh, let's just go to verse 18 here as well, again, because this is because when the word of God came in and it penetrated their hearts is the way I see this. And when they heard this, they quieted down mm -hmm. and glorified God mm -hmm. as also granted to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. So it wasn't just the salvation. I want to. I, mm -hmm. I, there, this word here is so distinct. Mm -hmm. Granted to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Yes. Well, that was revelation knowledge that came forth. Repentance unto life because of justification. So let's look at the word justification for just a second. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm just answering. Uh, I'm putting my thoughts cues to someone who's asking a question. Okay. Justified means to be declared not guilty. When a judge is in a court or, or of law and he declares to the defendant and puts it on the record, not guilty. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit was giving that sending or giving them revelation knowledge of what justification was. And I don't know if I said it so clearly. Uh, whatever we are accused of, whatever we are forgiven of, when God forgives our sin, it is gone forever. We have been justified. It's eternal. All right. I love that you said this. And, and so I actually do a bit of a teaching on justification. Oh. And obviously, I won't get into it here because we'd go way, way uh, down a whole other tract. But you said the key right there, Cisco. God justifies us. Right. Through his word. Right. The problem is we constantly try to justify ourselves. And I'll just tell you... Um, just for instance, if you were, and I'll just use this as an example, if you were going for a, you know, a high position somewhere, um, could be in a church, could be in a job, could be anywhere. And let's say you were two minutes late, which is, you know, really nothing, but you're two minutes late. And uh, so you try to justify yourself. 
and you say, you know, I was driving there and I left with plenty of time, but on the only route that we can take, a train crossing happened and it was a long train. I sat there for 20 minutes and that's why I was two minutes late. That's a reasonable excuse. It could be very true. The problem is you cannot justify yourself. No. The person on the other end of that is not going to hear that. And they're going to just, even though you're, it was maybe 100% true and everything you, the person who is looking at you says, Oh, mm -hmm. how often am I going to have to deal with this? Mm -hmm. If they're a high level. Now, if there are someone who constantly is justifying themselves, it's just common language, but only God can justify you. So, uh, let me give you a better example of how to handle a situation like that. So let's say you are running late. Let's say that train came in front of your car and you're on the way to the meeting. And so you, you, because you're behind schedule, you park your car, you run as fast as you can to the front door. You talk to, okay, you go up the elevator and then you're running down the hall, and then let's say you go into that board meeting or whatever, and you know, you're pasty, you're out of sorts because you rushed, you did your best effort to get there on time and minimize the waste of time. But now you look like crap, and you're just gonna try to justify yourself. Mm -hmm. So, because you cannot justify yourself, mm -hmm. only God can justify you. Here's what you do you slow down. You walk a little bit slower as you're going to that office building. You're already late. You go a little bit slower as you walk in. But then when you walk into that boardroom or whoever you're going to meet with, you walk in with style. And here's why. Because you are the son or daughter of the king. That's right. Do you, do you think if, uh, if you know, an earthly queen like Queen Elizabeth was late 10 minutes to an engagement, she would be running? She'd be panicking? She would apologize to you for being late? No, she thinks she did you a favor showing up. And I'm not saying you're doing them a favor, but know who you are in Christ, yes. and Christ will justify you. Uh, just one other quick thing. I had a question of what's an example of pride. Look, pride is a big thing. It's the original sin. It's the sin that God hates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could spend all day talking about pride. Maybe we should do an episode on it. But I'll just say this to you. What is the middle letter of pride? It's I. Mm -hmm. It's I. So what is pride? I did this. And I did this, or I'm scared to do this because people might see me, I, this way. I don't want to jeopardize my reputation. I don't want to do this. I don't do that. It's about I. That is pride. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, Jeff, when we're... What's going on over there? Are the aliens yeah, that's coming? My, that's my clock. <laughs> you know when you were talking about justified 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 uh i was thinking last night about cornelius 
and the Gentiles as a whole. Can you hear me with the clock running? Yes, we can hear you. <laughs> you know, before grace, the Gentiles were on a death row. They were in death row. They were on death row. They were justly condemned for repeat for because they continually broke the laws of God. And it was a death row. And I thought, oh, what grace. What beautiful grace that God came for all mankind. Yeah. Such beautiful grace, love, mercy. I mean, I, it, when I think, I mean, when I think about it, it's almost more than my mind can comprehend. To know there was no escape. There was no way out. They couldn't go to the law. No wonder they went into Babylon. Yeah. No wonder. You know? No wonder they were looking for other gods. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Why they were looking for another god? Why there were so many false gods? They were looking for it. Because, see, the soul knows. I think what's important that we need to realize as the family of God and as we bring up our children and teach our children and grandchildren that our soul is ever living. It was in the presence of Most High God, Yahweh, before the foundations of the earth were laid. He made the souls of man. And that soul is thirsty to go back to the throne room of God and be in the presence of the Most High God. So sure, they went into Babylon and had other gods because the soul was empty it was void they were wanting to go back to what they once knew well there's there's part of our brain like we are wired to communicate with god and they were being told the gentiles oh you're not the chosen people you're mm -hmm. unclean mm -hmm. so they're looking for something to fill the void of course yes I mean, I, I've heard people say, well, how could there, how can people be so such terrible sinners? Uh, because sin gets deeper and God gets bigger. But when you don't have the knowledge or the foreknowledge of who Christ Jesus is personally, you won't go want either left or right. Good or, you know, good or righteousness, the tree of good and evil. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have had so many people say, well, I don't understand how people could worship other gods. Well, it's so simple. When you understand, they're looking and searching for, for their true identity in Christ Jesus. Because, see, you all, we all have an identity with him because we were created in his image and his likeness. And what's so beautiful in the scripture that we just read is that at, at a spiritual level, they yielded to the Holy Spirit. They accepted the gospel for what it was. Yeah. The living word. Amen. And and so then we have the, uh, you know, they're going up to Antioch and Antioch. a lot of them had gone to Antioch because of the persecution. 
of course. Yeah. And, and by the way, there's two Antiochs, and we're going to learn about another one in a few other chapters. Uh, but they're saying that Antioch really is kind of the uh, one of the main birthplaces of Christianity here. This is well, really... Yes, that's where it was. Yes. Well, remember, Antioch uh, was the third largest country. It had over a half a million people. That's right. And it was on a shipping route. They had mm -hmm. the rivers there and uh, a major kind of highway went into it. It was a really big trade center and it was a melting pot. There were the, right. the Greek Jews and then there were just uh, Greeks who spoke Jew mm -hmm. Jewish uh, language. But there were also people from the Orient there. Mm -hmm. uh, it really was a modern day melting pot. Yeah, right. Well, it was the Roman. We had, if I remember history, remember, I haven't studied this history for a lot of years, Jeff, but you had the Roman world and then you had the exact, was it Alexander uh, of Egypt? Yes. And then you had Rome. I mean, I'm saying that wrong. You had Roman, you had the Alexander dynasty. Dynasty, yeah. I mean, we're looking at a lot of people here to take the gospel into. I mean, they were. You talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. To be so blunt, is that when they worshipped their false gods, they had to bring in sexual sin and they blended sexual sin with the worship of their idols i mean we're talking about terrible 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 deep-rooted sins here they go back for generations and yet look what peter and and they did what peter did when and the disciples when they went into The country and brought the gospel. I mean, it, it it blows my mind. They walked right into the den of iniquity. Well, and and now it's 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 the world is so inverted because it's the Christians now that are the only ones you can make fun of in the world. You can't say a Muslim joke. You can't make fun of a a gay dude. You can't but make but persecute a Christian. <laughs> That's the whole world mm -hmm. is upside completely down. upside down right yeah. now. And mm -hmm. so that, take take heed, this is good news. Yeah. That means that God is at work. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so the other part I wanted to really get to here uh, was when they had heard the news about them reached to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas. Remember, Barnabas, you know, had... <clears throat> he wasn't an apostle. No. And he had sold his stuff. And he was given the name Barnabas because he really had the gift of encouragement. Mm -hmm. This guy encouraged yeah, everybody. You know, uh, and look, he, he encouraged Paul. And, you know, Paul was ruthless. But yet, uh, you know, good old Barnabas standing by his side, yeah. vouching for him, being a friend. Come on, Paul, we can do this, right? And, you know, Barnabas says, hey, I'm going to go get Paul. He's the perfect guy. Paul was not only of Roman descent, but he, mm -hmm. uh, he spoke Greek. And mm -hmm. he was a Jew of Jews. Like, he's the perfect guy to bring yeah. in here. And so, you know, Barnabas goes there and he seeks him out. But 
when I think about this and uh, and the gift of encouragement, and mm-hmm. you know, I believe I have a gift of encouragement. And there, what we see in the world right now, and even from Christians. So pay attention to this. Have you ever been through a church split? Maybe you've seen some things in the last couple weeks. I don't know. But there's all kinds of accusers. And apparently you're a born-again Christian. Where in the scriptures do they become the accusers? We see the gift of encouragement. Look, there's discernment. You can call out what's wrong is wrong. But to make up stuff and become accusers, and listen, there's channels dedicated to just accusing. And these people are pretending to be godly people, but they're thriving on negativity and just accusing. Mm -hmm. If you're one of those people, just trust God. Get out of it. Encourage someone in their walk. You know, um, don't waste your precious energy on being an accuser. Now, on this show, we expose things. And yes, uh, sometimes we do need to shine a light on some darkness. But we never, never have we made it personal. That's right. We don't make it personal. We will call out sin. We'll call out things that are gone against God. Yeah. We don't make it personal. In fact, well, I, I had a revelation on the prayer call last night. Now, I'll, I'll share it in the coming week because I don't want to get too sidetracked. But let's just say it has more to do with encouragement and praying goodwill on men and women and not condemning them. Mm-hmm. God didn't come into this world. You know, chat, uh, and, uh, you know, John 3.16, one of the most uh, famous verses in the entire Bible. But what does it say in verse 17? He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Are we supposed to be more like Jesus? Get out there, start saving people. What, what's, what's our calling? What's the great commission? You're a son or daughter of the king. Let's start acting like it. Let's start to be who we are called to be. Let's start to walk in that anointing that God has waiting for you. And he's waiting to pour more and more anointing into you. The Holy Spirit wants to blossom and grow out of you. The Holy Spirit wants you to be able to do things greater than Jesus because Mm -hmm. Jesus the manifest word of God said that right in the first chapters of this book Mm -hmm. you too will do greater things than I let's start to embrace it ladies and gentlemen I beg of you be encouraged Know who you are. The Lord's word will be fulfilled.
his word will come true in your life. Press into him. It's the greatest thing you can do. And uh, I understand there are seasons when people are very alone. Look, I'm kind of going through one of those seasons myself. And I take great comfort in that because the Lord has had me in a situation where I've been alone before. When friends fall away because of our faith, they don't know why they don't like you. They used to like you. If anything, your behavior has improved. But they cannot be around the conviction, even though you don't say anything to that sinner, even though you don't because you're just loving on them, they won't necessarily want to be around you because they don't want the truth because there's spirits working in and around them, whispering in their ears. So we go through these seasons of preparation. We go through these seasons, and I suspect many of you are in a season right now where the Lord is preparing you for what is coming. There's no mistake that we are reading the book of Acts now. By the way, uh, just so you know, I did not solo myself out. Uh, Cisco has disappeared from the screen. So it looks like she has had a technical issue, and I'm hoping she will join back. But when the screen went just to me, it was because Cisco disappeared. Uh, she's not even in the studio at this point in time. I'm hoping she comes back. But one of the other things in this chapter, carrying on, and I'm just going to go right to the very end, and again, there's no coincidences. This or this is God's timing is so impeccable. And if I could, if I could spend time with each one of you personally and just be able to tell you the impeccable timing of what God has been doing and what I have been witnessing, it, glory to God. But right here, on this date, we're reading Acts chapter 11. And in verse 28, it says, One of them, named Agabus, stood up and indicated by the Spirit that there would definitely be a severe famine all over the world. And it took place in the reign of Claudius, uh, I think it's Herod, Claudius. And to the extent that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brothers and sisters living in Judea. And they did this sending it with Barnabas and Saul to the elders. 
So Barnabas, this great man who has this great gift of encouragement, is given this honor of carrying contributions because the apostles and welcome back, Cisco. Okay, you're going to have to do that microphone thing again. Um, to encourage and each gave a portion of what they could. They had determined that they wanted to do it. Again, the kingdom of God is sowing and reaping. Egypt's system, Pharaoh's system is buying and selling. Now, don't hear anything I'm not saying, Christian. We live in this world, and as disciples of Jesus Christ, we will buy and sell. We will barter. Those are That's in the physical. In the spiritual, we always bless and get blessed. Sow and reap plant the seed, go back and collect it from the harvest. Cisco, were you able to get your microphone? Nope, don't hear you yet. You got to hit the one that says Intel, a real tech array. I think it said Intel. Click on that one from the drop-down menu, not in the speaker section, but in the microphone section. And you should be coming back on live. Uh, well, Intel. There you are. Very good. That, I have no clue what happened. Yeah, it just you disappeared. Uh, and uh, so I carried on, but uh, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, and so we've gone a little bit over time. I hope you've enjoyed it. By the way, give a thumbs up uh, to this broadcast, please. Every one of you, every one of you. We don't charge for these broadcasts. We don't do them behind a paywall. We don't do any of that. Um, but if you want to uh, freely give a thumbs up, it would be much appreciated. And by the way, just thinking of uh, speaking of support, um, she is not always on this. And, but, and Cisco, this is the only show you do. Uh, so I want to uh, please just, uh, I would encourage you, uh, Cisco does have a Patreon. Uh, I love her Patreon. Uh, she has the very gift of encouragement. Uh, she has so much experience and such great depth of knowledge. And, you know, although Cisco is an eloquent speaker, uh, she is really an eloquent writer. And if you want to get the best from Cisco, it's reading her writings and her encouragement. And so I would encourage you uh, to go to her uh, Patreon because that's really the only avenue that uh, Cisco has, you know, in this sort of thing of a, of a revenue stream other than being a, uh, I guess, you know, a pensioner or, you know, whatever you call it, social stuff but uh that's one way to support her and i'll tell you uh 
you'll be greatly blessed by doing it, uh, just reading those words. Oh, there's that dry throat, and I'm getting it too. I woke up with allergies this morning. But listen, everyone, uh, I thank you all for being here. Uh, when Cisco Hi. has recovered, I'm going to ask Cisco to uh, close us in prayer and just whatever is on your heart for uh, everyone here who is in the audience and everyone who will be listening to this broadcast in particular. Um, Cisco, if you could say a prayer to close yes. us out. Yes. Uh our gracious Heavenly Father, Yeshua, Father God, we're so grateful for this time that we've spent with you in your word and the Holy Spirit guiding and leading us. Thank you for the living word of God. Thank you for acts and the revelation knowledge that you've given each of us today. And Lord, we just cry out for, this, for those throughout this ministry, Lord, and that here this the gospel being gospel being spoken today throughout the world, wherever it should go, Lord, you direct it, you guide it, you lead these truths to wherever to the hearts that that need to hear and give them eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit is saying unto them. And Father, I know that there are many broken laws and, and broken lives, and we've all been separated from you. And Lord, we humbly come before you. We are sorry. We're truly sorry. And we want to turn away from sin in the past. And we want to go towards that high calling in Christ Jesus. Lord, as a whole, as the body of Christ, every day we can ask you, Lord, to forgive us because we're all sinners that have fallen short from the glory of God. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe that he was resurrected from the dead. He is alive and he hears this prayer today. And I invite Jesus to become the Lord of your life, to rule and reign in your heart from, day, from this day forward. And Lord, I ask you, to just release the Holy Spirit, the fire, the water, and the wind of the Holy Spirit into all those that hear the word of God today. Let it burn deep into the recesses of their heart. Let that soul, that part of them that was created in God, let it rise up and take authority over the principalities of darkness. Let, let your glory and your light so penetrate the hearts of man that they will fall on their knees and they will come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and they will truly come to know you as Lord over their life. Be with us, guide us, lead us into your truth and we give you all glory, we give you all praise and honor and truly this is a beautiful day that you've given all of us because you have loved us so. Yes, Jesus, you have loved us so. The mercy, the grace, Oh, Father, when I think of salvation, the price that was paid, thank you, Father, for the cross. Thank you, Father, for your, for your glory that rests over each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, everyone. Uh, join us on Tuesday. We're going to have a new show, and something's been put on my heart, and... Uh, 
it's going to be, well, unless the Lord changes it between now and then, and I, you know, expect that happens quite a bit, but going to be doing something very foundational and it might be even a bit repetitive for you, but I think you'll be able to enjoy it. And uh, so will your friends and family. Uh, so uh, please do join on Tuesday, on Wednesday. Again, we will have the military analyst and then Thursday we'll be back for a show. Uh, no show Friday, uh, but then I expect we will have a Saturday night sermon, singing poor, and then be back next Sunday. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. But in the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. Wonderful, Jeff. I love that. Good. Oh.